I am able to do this. I am absolutely 100% there. It's just going to embrace, embrace the tough, right? And sort of going, it's grit, it's resilience, it's going, there are days that I know I'm probably going to say, ah, I'm going to go read a book and I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'm going to huddle under a blanket. But the next day you get up and you do it all again. Welcome to the Social Media Love Podcast, where you will discover how to get more clients on social media with proven social selling strategies. And now, your host, social media marketing coach, influencer, speaker, and founder of Social Media Love, Angelique Benet. Social media, love it or hate it? In a world where the average daily screen time is almost seven hours a day, including social media, how can women entrepreneurs get a piece of this marketplace and finally fall in love with their fear of becoming visible, i.e. sharing their voice, ideas, stories, irresistible lucrative offers, beliefs, leadership and expertise with a community of like-minded individuals in a way that feels good, genuine and healthy. This show is exactly about this via storytelling, interviews, and social media marketing tutorials. Every week, we add a piece to the puzzle. Welcome to Social Media Love Show and welcome to the conversation. Because it's pretty cool. Hello, hello, welcome to the real story behind our business with Gillian Selby, my guest this week, all the way from Calgary, Canada. I've been twice to Calgary, by the Have way. You? Yay! Yeah. And I would never forget when you're on the plane, all you see are the Rockies. And then you see the little, it looks little, Calgary, from like you have the monster Rockies. And then right there, you see, oh, that's Calgary. And then once you're there, it's really cool. I liked, I really enjoyed it. And I have to admit, I did a cowboy party. I had to do it, right? You You have to. You sort of have to. Yeah. It was fun. So welcome to the show, Gillian. And uh, let's dive in. Before we go in the storytelling part, I always ask my uh, guests to tell us who you serve with your business and what type of solution you offer them. So I created Gun and McQueen to help small to medium-sized businesses learn sales skills for their team members who may not have been exposed to it. Um, So if you have a small firm that doesn't identify necessarily as having a full sales team, the reality is that every single one of the employees in that company touches someone. So they're actually selling for you. So it's a way to help people see great new opportunities, get new skill sets, and also help small to medium-sized firms become more competitive in a really competitive marketplace. Awesome. So how do people feel when they work with you? After, you know, they come like all stressed out because they need to find a solution. And then what type of outcomes come like from a feeling aspect of things? Do you see a change in who they are, who they are becoming, what they are, they have their guide, their guide in their back pocket? I think the biggest thing that I noticed when I started to work with people is a big change from going, one, I've already got this. You know, sometimes like, you know, I know how to present. I, I know what it is to get a client to, oh, I know how to do this my way in a way that may help me a bit more. So, you know, it's not taking someone to say, you have no idea what you're doing. It's like going, let me help you do something a little bit better. And I think at the end, 
Uh, one of the biggest things I've noticed is I work with people who don't identify with being a salesperson. So let's say you're a lawyer, uh, you're an interior designer, you have a medical clinic. Your career and job are really aligned with that. But these skills here in the background help that immeasurably. And they're ones that you may not have realized were so useful. So I find people go from, I guess, to I'm better at my main job because now this is way more uh, straightforward. I've got a better framework and it's intuitive. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk more about your business, but I just wanted to to uh, to learn more about And so tell us more about you. You're from Calgary City. You're right in Calgary? I am right in Calgary. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So for the little story before we start, uh, Gillian and I, we met through, um, um, I think, a training. But we also um, are following each other on social media and interacting together a lot, yeah, maybe every day sometimes, right? So I will, I'm, I'm going to start right away to tell you that, you know, the relationships you build on social media are not vain. They are not empty. They are real because, you know, Gillian uh, reached out to me. I want to be part of your show because she wants to become visible. She wants to share her message with more people. So like don't take for granted that when someone like and even if it's one like it matters because it's someone with a heart with a vision with a mission and it's just awesome to hang out so thank you thank you Gillian and all the people who are taking care of their community whether it's a small one a nano one or a huge one because it matters they are real people so let's dive in um and i know so this show is really about one uh having gian to share her story and and kind of position her business in that story so that we can identify with who she is how she helps people where she's coming from and where she's going because i'm sure gian has a big mission we're gonna hear about it and the other part of that show is to help you watching here on instagram youtube linkedin or listening to the podcast to uh, get the inspiration that you need to uh, become more visible. Because I know you have a goal, you have an, a, a mission, you have a vision for yourself, for your family, for your clients. And, um, you know, one thing is to talk about it. And I know it's hard, believe me. Uh, mm -hmm. My background is in journalism as a TV reporter. And I would never forget the first time, you know, had to deliver the news. It felt like so, oh! Um, and then even with that background, I'm still getting the butterfly or I'm still scared sometimes or that fear that wants to stop me. What are you doing online? You know, who do you think you are, right? They don't want, they won't believe you. Like almost one of my coach called that the shitty comedy that is coming to your head to mm -hmm. stop you from helping others so this show is about that to help you go beyond that get inspired and supporting each other so Gillian let's go back when you were a little girl what was the thing you were uh playing at with or what was your thing when you were maybe between five and eight do you remember oh I was I think um my mother used to tell this story of me and uh my mother was a professional volunteer. You know, this was in the 70s. She was a stay-at-home mom, and she spent most of her time volunteering. And uh, she said she came home once when I was about four or five, 
and I had a toy suitcase and I was leaving the house and she's like, and where are you going? She's like, I can't talk now. I'm late for a meeting. And I charged out to run something somewhere. And she just sat there going, boy, we model the behaviors we see. But I think that was, I was a, you know, I was this introverted little girl who was learning how to read and I was watching others. And I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to run a big business. That's, that's my job. And I think that it swayed a bit, you know, it went away. But when you call it that time, that to me is the very first thing that popped into my head. It was that and everything other little kids do, you know, little tomboy and skin knees and, and running through the woods and bothering my siblings. But that stands out as like the memory of my mother going, oh, my goodness, the apple does not fall far from the tree. And it didn't. So, yeah, that was me as a little kid. Do you have this? Do you have a suitcase now that you go and carry away? <laughs> I have many briefcases that have gone a very long way with me, and yeah, several have been retired because they look a little bit beat up. And when you are in sales, it doesn't look too good to bring in something that looks like it's been destroyed. Like, come on in, we'll see this terrible thing. So yes, many suitcases later, I have now got my got my act together. I love it. So tell me, what about that upbringing? Uh, do you think that you that shaped the 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 woman you are right now in your business? Like, what are the things that you see or remember that really shaped how you serve your clients? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I was I was lucky in that I had an amazing mother and father, um, both quite driven but very family oriented. Uh, I, you know, no one's ever asked me that. I would say a few interesting things stick out for my parents. Uh, it, definitely the work hard mentality. Um, like if you're in it, work hard. Like your performance is based upon what you do. And that may or may not have been a good thing, you know, as far as sales goes. But that was definitely in the background. Um, I remember my mother once telling me, and this one is always stuck because, you know, I came home once with an amazing mark in math, you know, like going, nailed it and I'm like going I am the best in my class and she goes no you're not I'm like what what do you mean I'm not look at this mark she's like you are never the smartest one in the room you just need to find them and work with them sort of thing like but don't ever think you are the smartest and that one actually did stick with me and has stuck with me throughout um because I've become very team oriented I'm not a sales person per se who's been like that lone wolf out there conquering the worlds. I've always been about find the best people possible and pair with them. So I'd say that the work hard, get the right people in the right spots. That upbringing was, was there. Um, and also when in doubt, read a book because sometimes it just gets to be a lot. Go and re go and refresh, rejuvenate a bit. And that's how I do it. So what are you reading right now? way too many things. I, I'm that person who has the stack of books on the bedside the table and it drives my husband crazy because he'll be like, how can you read three at once? I like to absorb a bit um, and then come back to it. So business wise, I'm reading uh, Brené Brown, um, all of Brené Brown. Uh, Daniel Pink is a great author who for sales, I'm really fascinated by because very interesting ways of looking at things. And then I just finished um, The Dutch House as far as fiction. So a little bit of everything. Wow. Nice. Thank you for sharing. 
I'm sure I'm sure it will interest some of the people who are watching or listening because it's always good to know what's next on the reading book list. <laughs> I love it when people post reading lists. I'm always looking for something new. Yeah. And it's always such a good thing when you see it. You're like, oh yeah. I know that. So the name of your business, tell us what it is. It's called Gun and McQueen. And so, I know people go, How did you get that? Um, and it there was some thought put into it. When I was starting to name my my business, um, I did go through a few studies and there were some things. Number one, if it sounds like there's more than two people, for instance, at it, and I know that eventually there will be many more than two people, but it tended to get, you know, people sat up and noticed a bit more than if it was an individual's name. And the other one is I didn't want it to feel gender-based. I wanted it to be quite neutral, which would give me a lot of flexibility. So I chose my grandmother's maiden names and I thought, who got me here? Well, uh, Vera Gunn and Laura McQueen were quite instrumental. If they hadn't been around, I wouldn't be around to bring this to it. So that's how I based it was I sort of pulled from a family name, but ones that were not so much identifiable that would give me some flexibility. And oh. it just made it special to me. I love that you're bringing your grandmother here. We I all have a grandmother in the back of the business. And they're, <laughs> it's and they interesting. Special. And I don't. I think sometimes too we separate so many things, but they are part of who I was. And I do think now, when you're in any business, we used to we used to say, you know, make sure your personality doesn't show. Like, don't bring that out. Uh, make sure that you are very business oriented. I don't think that's the best way of, of being and, and regardless of what type of business you're in. So I like to have those personal touches. It doesn't overlay too much, but it does give me a little bit of that's who I am. So tell me more about your grandmother. What did she, what, what is it in her or the relationship you built with her that um, is still present in how you handle things? Well, I'll tell you two things. So two grandmothers, and they each had two things that I thought were important for people who are in a career. Um, one of them, my little tiny granny, who was 4'11", and a little spitfire, she went and got a job when she was in her 50s. And, you know, she, uh, she decided one day that she was going to become a real estate agent. And I love the idea that, number one, she had the wherewithal to say, no, I haven't done it, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do a big change and I'm going to do it well. And she did. And yes, there were people going, are you sure V? Like, that's a little crazy, but she did it. So I liked that as a theme saying, yes, you may be changing, you're adding, but you can. Um, my other grandmother, who was my tall grandmother. So I had a little 4'11 grandmother and then I had my 5'11 tall grandmother. She was an adventurer. So she had this spirit of exploration and just go. It was like, get on a plane, get in a car and go see and learn. And I thought I wanted to combine those two ideas that, yeah, you can change and be open to it, be excited about it and say, you know what? You don't know what's coming. That's okay. Cause it's going to be good. Oh my God. I love those grandmother stories. <laughs> Always. They're one, you know, I'm again, blessed. I was blessed to have them both. I didn't know them very well. They were both gone when I was quite small, but the stories live on. So I like that. Yeah. So what was the most burning desire, Gillian, when you, before even starting your business, what was the thing that was like, you felt compelled and you felt that something was for you in that direction? 
I had a, a moment of great reflection, if you will, um, thrust upon me. I was, two years ago, I was laid off from a job I adored. And it, it had amazing, wonderful things about it. But when you're laid off and you sit there and after you get through the first shock, you do sort of sit back and go, was it perfect for me? Like, do I want to go out and seek this exact same position or do I want to take some time to reflect? And that to me was that moment. It was a stop, wait, look. What was I really good at and what did I struggle with? And I then decided I had an inkling um, and then I first went out and specifically chose to try very different jobs, like ones that had a little bit of an overlap with what I was doing. Um, I, my background is I was an interior designer for a few years uh, and I have a business degree. So I moved into sales quite early in my career and have been selling uh, into corporate interior. So your office furniture, your walls, your flooring, anything you would put into an office building. My specialty was about problem solving for large scale companies. So I then went and tried workplace strategy and concepts and talked to a, a number of people and realized some of this is good, not as much as good. I then uh, worked for a cannabis company, something that was completely out of field, but used my skills and brought it in to that field to say, what do I think of this? Do I want to make a, lump, uh, a giant leap to another industry? And the key thing with that was it was a wonderful team, but I realized I knew way more than I thought I knew. Like, you know, sometimes you worry, is it transferable? Oh yeah, 100%. Most of my skills were highly transferable, um, but I liked my old industry. Uh, I did some design work again, going, do I want to go all the way back to my roots? And I realized, nope, no, I don't. Uh, so I really use that to pick things apart. And then I was like, okay, what, what about this have I loved? What I truly loved when I was selling in these big complex accounts was working with the teams within those accounts. And I'm not that stereotypical salesperson who's up in the morning and whining and dining all night. And like I said, off on their own, I was the one to say, we need to, we need to really map this out. How do I help bring those people in who need those skills? Who am I missing? How do we really enhance an offering to a client? And I realized going, I am much better with the people, the mentorship, the coaching, and the training. And that's when it occurred to me. So I'm like, going, hmm, there may be something here. So then I went out and did information interviews all over the place. And what I started to hear was I went outside of my industry. And I just, everyone started to go, wait, you're taught things about that? And I thought, yeah, when you're in pure sales, you are taught constant skills. You know, you rehearse, you work, you are constantly taught. But when you're not necessarily identifying with sales, and I'll use an interior designer as an example, mm -hmm. you're focused on being a really good interior designer, right? When you're going for training, chances are is to continue your skill set in interior design. But what my colleagues or clients were saying is, I wish though my team knew how to do this. I really wish they knew how to network better. I really wish they understood what um, an account looks like from a development and a proactive approach as opposed to receiving approach. And that's when I realized I was onto something going, here is a real need. And it's not, it's not a massive two-year program. These are tweaks. 
but critical tweaks. And if you don't know they're there, you don't know how to do it. That's how I got there. Okay, so tell me, how did you allow the time and space for you to take that time to think like through it? Because, you know, the way you talk, it's like, okay, I thought that, then this, but I'm sure it didn't happen that clearly from A to Z. Like you probably went through a ups and downs. So what is, do you have anything you want to share with us about how you you take that and you, you sit down and journal? Like what is your thing to really listen in? I am a huge fan of walks. Like get away from your desk. Um, because I, I can work at my desk for eight hours, but I can't see the forest for the trees when I do that. So I used to, when I was, when I was running global accounts, I would sit for hours and I'd get very locked into certain ideas. But the minute I would leave and I've got two big dogs and we'd walk and I wasn't receiving constant stimulus. It wasn't like email, email, text, text, email, email. The minute I was able to say one hour away from that, everything starts to filter. And I would just have my phone and I would talk into the notes when an idea occurred and then I'd go. I would listen to podcasts. Um, we've spoken about, you and I met with Eleanor Beaton. Uh, I think I've listened to every one of her power, presence and position podcasts because I would say one thing that I'm really good at is acknowledging I don't know everything. And boy, I've acknowledged it a lot since I've started my own business. Apparently I really don't, um, but I've gone to those who do. And learn from them. So I let things filter. And I find that walking and getting away for one hour is amazing. Yes, I do journal. Absolutely. Um, I, I try to do it daily. Occasionally, you'll notice going, hmm, apparently two weeks have passed. And that's when I know I have to get back into it, then I'm letting things slip a bit. I am a big fan of routine. It helps me. It helps me with my structure. So those are the some of the things I did. Now, I did have, if you were to say, what is one aspect of COVID that was positive, which is hard to say was anything positive about COVID. It just gave me some time to really invest in putting together the right programs because everything was so slow. So that was, that was a help. That was a help. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I love it. That's the, I love when we unveil like in the day to day life, but how do you do it? You know, like, because we see the outcome, we see the programs within the business, but what did it take? Right. So thank you for sharing that. So now uh, let's go maybe uh, the year before the creation of your business. What was the major tr struggle you had to go through in terms of, um, of you know, making it happen? Because it's one thing to know you want to go for it. But what was mm -hmm. the struggles you had to go through? Um, well, the first one was, can I do it? Yeah, I think it's that voice in your head that all of a sudden you're going, this is madness. I have never been an entrepreneur. Um, I have been in sales and a lot of people say sales is one step away from entrepreneurialism, but it, it I hadn't done it before. So there was a little bit of a, a jump in faith that I had to gear myself up to going, is this really the right thing? That was honestly the biggest one to say, just do it. Um, the next one, gosh, that's almost the biggest. The next one was figuring out the best fit for a program and doing a lot of discussion. So I've created two programs. One is for um, people who are in charge of revenue generating activities within a firm. So in other words, you're in charge of a team that interfaces with a client. You're responsible for how uh, much money is made there, how much you're billing for someone. 
the minute you're in that role, you you you're not usually put in that role when it's day one. You're new to your career. It's no, you you've got some shirt in the game. You've been doing it for a little while. You've got some skills already, right? It's you're not coming in to say here is a boardroom. Chances are you've been in it for a while. So I needed to make sure that the content created was highly relevant for a professional who already had some time, but didn't go into such a deep dive that. You know, some of the modules, when I've learned it, it's taken, you know, five or six corporate trainers over eight years and dwelling it down into one hour. It's it's very, it's impactful, it's fast and everything. But it was finding that sweet spot. That was the next biggest challenge to go. What is information that's actually useful for people? Okay. How long did it take you to nail it down? Oh, I would honestly say when I created the programs, um, I'm just creating my second program, getting there. It doesn't take that long once I realize that piece of information that I needed. It was uh, a lot of a lot of brainstorming and allowing the brainstorming to occur and then being open to pivot and throwing out things like, you know, not getting stuck on going, this is the only way to do it. Um, I'd say most of us who've been in sales for a little while, we have very little emotional attachment to anything because it's not us it's about the client so you can't get wedded to any single thought or action it's you go and say we have to pivot we need to be a little bit more agile or this is not hitting the mark so if that moved fast because i have no emotional attachment i just want it to be relevant so it doesn't take long once you hit that let's zoom in that i like that i have no emotional attachment to to the outcome of your program is that what you mean no uh the content. Tell me more a little bit yeah so no i want people to do very well in the program what i don't have an emotional attachment to is saying i know they must do this and they must do that and they must do this no maybe not maybe as when i started to roll it out for instance um when i started doing a few pilots i had a few um sections in my course that no one really enjoyed and i thought for sure this is it. Like, this is something I know I needed, but I had to realize that, no, this was individual to me. As much as I think it's relevant, it isn't for everybody else. So those I tossed. So that's my emotional attachment is going just because I thought it was important. I had to listen to the feedback. I had to be able to move on. And, um, and I was able to do that. I would say also coming from design, when you design something, you usually have a start point. Like, what is the problem? Why am I here? But as you develop and evolve it, as you pull in different viewpoints, suddenly, almost inevitably, that single thing that you said is our start point, that's the thing that morphs as you get more information. So you know, again, it's sort of going, even though that's where I started, it doesn't fit anymore. And I'm okay with that because it makes for a better piece. Oh, I love this. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's kind of putting your ego on the side and really making a choice for the best of your clients yes. right yeah 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 it's yeah. way less it. stressful it's not like it's about me they didn't like it it's like yeah this didn't work right it, yeah. it removes that that i think stressor that everybody has of it had to be perfect it's like no i need 80 20. i need 80 percent right on and i know 20 percent is not going to be there and i'm going to continue to deliver though immediately instead of trying for perfectionism Oh, nice. Okay, so now you nailed it. Um, so you went through all those phases. 
And what is, and you said it, you never had the experience of being an, an entrepreneur. How, so what is the thing that at first you thought were true, but you realize that what you, yeah, it was not true. So what is a big thing that you, everybody would tell you it's, it's the way it is, or, you know, you thought that it was true, but it wasn't. And you wish oh. you had known earlier. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know until you're in it. And I think that's a little bit of the premise of my whole program is you really, you don't know until someone says, have you considered what I did not give enough credence to is because I've always been a pretty hard worker, you know, put my head down, figure it out. Um, I didn't allow for when people said, you only know 30% of what you need as an expert when you start your own business. And I was like, ah. I'm fine. No, they were right. Yeah. It took a lot longer to get all the ducks in a row, the framework, the little things like, how do I bill? Uh, I need uh, an accountant and I need someone to run my books, for instance. And I was like, oh, those things dragged me down. I'm very much that big picture person. And then when I realized all the little boxes I had to check, I was like, oh, this is really quite more than I thought. Uh, but um, I'm glad about it. I learned how to design websites. I had the time, so I figured out I'm going to add this skill. Um, I've learned copywriting. I was a good writer before, but not great at copy. So those sort of things too, when I had the time, I started adding them to my skill set instead of outsourcing them uh, because I wanted to be better. When I do outsource them now, I'll know what I want. So all of that, that was the thing that really, huh, yeah. That took a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so um, do you remember the day or maybe you sat down at a table or you were outside walking because you walk a lot, you know, when you realized, you know, what was the big first payoff of building, founding this business of yours? Yeah, that you realized like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why, that's it, I'm here. Um, I think I'm still looking for that. You know, it's still that, I'm still in that growth stage where I'm looking for that, uh, but I mean, that's the goal, I think is that's the goal. Now, do I think I made the right decision? Oh yes, without a shadow of a doubt. And it was interesting, a lot of people went, you're really good at selling, you can go and get a job anywhere. And I think in my head, there was that one moment where I said, stop listening to that. Um, this is what I want for a number of reasons. I wanted the flexibility of running my own piece. I wanted to be in charge of my destiny more than I was in sales. When I'm in sales, um, one thing I did discover is that you can really be a good performer, but it's also what is this giant billion dollar company need? Sometimes it may not be me. And, you know, you can do things well or not, but sometimes decisions are made that are out of your control. And I wanted to take that control back in my destiny. So that was the moment that I realized I really wanted to do this. I wasn't going to do it half measures. I wasn't going to talk about it. I talked about it too long. I said, I think this might be a good idea. I should look into it. But no, it was a click. And it was suddenly like going, I'm all in. I'm going forward fast and hard. And that was, yeah, that was after I finished working uh, with direct consulting in other industries. And that was when I'm putting the foot to the metal. How did it feel in your body? Do you remember oh, when you say positively terrifying? It wasn't like, Oh good. I've got this. I'm like going, Ooh, I've got a mortgage. I have kids going to university. 
tea. <laughs> it was, this is a lot, um, but it's a good a lot. And it's still going, like you said earlier, when you said, I still have butterflies in my stomach, even though I've been a newspaper reporter, I'm, I speak for a living. I think the worst thing in the world is not having butterflies in your stomach. When it's just so easy, you don't care enough to get excited that it doesn't cause a stress reaction because it's just a flatline response. So I liked having all of this. I think it was good and it was positive. That's what people yeah. should look for. Yeah the, yeah, the fear factor is really actually a sign of our growth. You know, that's, I, I have a coach on, that helps me with that a lot right now. And it's, um, it's, it's you know, that expression every, everybody says, you have to go outside of your comfort zone, but there is a very a physical aspect to that. It's because the fear of, of changing is scary. And, um, and if you don't feel that, that means you're not changing, right? You know, Basically. It, when I am, um, the better I got and the more senior I became in my role. I, at first, um, when I was junior, when I really didn't know what I was doing, I would have been shocked and disheartened to hear that the people I was admiring felt those butterflies. I, like, I would have been like, don't be ridiculous. They've been doing this for so long. They should have it down. What I discovered is, thank goodness they do, because they put they put themselves out there, right? It's hard. And they are working their tails off to ensure that they're giving it their all. And as I became more senior, there were a few phrases that when I was training and coaching people in firms, when they didn't have butterflies. And when they were like, I'm just gonna wing it, I know this stuff. It was like, stop everything, no one move. We're in a dire situation because that's the worst possible worst possible state to be in for your client so yeah bring on the butterflies be <laughs> okay now let me tell me more about so of uh, the your biggest fears as a woman entrepreneur and leader in your because i love how you speak i want to be in charge of my own destiny yeah and um so what is the fears that are coming with that that you need to embrace and work with? I would say, um, oh gosh, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, something that just jumped into my mind uh, and I don't know where I read the stats, so my apologies. It was uh, for when people apply to jobs and you know, when you see a job posting and it has 10 things, you need to have these 10 items. Apparently women will wait till they have eight or nine or all 10 before going, I think I can do this job. And that's ridiculous, right? Because that means you're already, you're not even stretching. You have every single quality and it isn't a stretch position. And I think for me, I'm that person who goes, have I done everything? What do I need to do? This is a lot like jumping into a pool saying, look, there's a job description and I've got two check boxes on, on it. So the fear is, am I enough? Can I do this? And I think everybody has that fear at one point or another. And it's just sort of embracing it going, yeah, I am able to do this. I am absolutely 100% there. It's just going to embrace, embrace the tough, right? And sort of going, it's grit, it's resilience. It's going, there are days that I know I'm probably gonna say, ah, I'm gonna go read a book and I'm gonna have a cup of tea and I'm gonna huddle under a blanket 
but the next day you get up and you do it all again. And yeah. So I'd say that's my biggest fear. And that's how I counter it is sort of going, I am enough and I need to get out there. Um, I am definitely, I'm in sales. I have been in sales for a long time and it's that reward thing. So there is always that, um, it's the biggest thing I've learned with my coach is the fear leads to scarcity and scarcity is the worst possible mindset you can have. So it's turning off that scarcity mindset of what if, what, what if it doesn't happen? It's like, turn that around to what if it does happen? And that's the other thing that I've been really working on is like getting out of that and moving forward and just saying, this is good. Not a negative positivity, but going, I'm embracing, I'm, I'm embracing the trudge. Mm, thank you so much, Gillian, for the it's Monday motivation Monday. All right, it's motivation Monday, motivation Monday. <laughs> so now let's talk about social media and what type of relationship do you have with social media yourself as a woman and as a business owner? I have a newfound relationship with social media. Oh, Even, again, coming back to your comments of getting out there. I just, I'm in the middle of challenging myself on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm focusing Gunna McQueen on LinkedIn right now. Um, I can see adding more, but I'm like, I really want to get this going. Um, and how I, I, I was given, I was given a challenge. I certainly didn't think this went up because I found it incredibly hard is I have to post once a day. I need to comment on four colleagues and I have to find five new people who are relevant and comment on them. And, oh my goodness, um, I'm an introvert. I was that person who went through LinkedIn and just looked at things and really second guess going, should I say like? I don't know, what, what will happen if? So this has pushed me out of my comfort zone and everything that you just said at the beginning is accurate. I am expanding my network um, in a very positive way. I'm meeting marvelous people like yourself who like you are the expert in social media. So I've been actually, uh, you gave the best post the other day on how to think of things to blog about, like capturing images and saving them in a file. And I'm like going, that never occurred to me in a million years. And it's the best advice I had for help keeping for those fresh ideas. And when you see something or you see an article and just clipping it and throwing it in there for later, because you always find them when you're not ready to do something about it and you go, where was that? So that's my relationship with social media is I'm investing a lot because this is how people are going to find me and reach me and hopefully hear more from me. So thank you again for the opportunity to be part of your show because it's the fun side. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do this sort of thing now. And I love it. Wow. So you guys, ladies, if you are watching the replay or listening to the podcast, let us know if you have any comments or if anything is resonating really hard for you because there are so many facets to your story. It's just thank you so much for accepting to be vulnerable because not easy, right? And uh, thank you because it makes such a it makes such an amazing interview. Um, and then I always say. And I know you've been binging on the video, so you probably heard it before. But I can't really sleep the night after after the really? interview. No, because I'm it's everything, every guest, every like every you, every each one of you who was before you. Um, I don't know. There is a thing that you bring so much. And I'm so grateful for that. And it's so inspiring and it keeps you going and it just put me on fire. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Julianne. <laughs> and uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to keep you up at night. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go for a walk and I'm gonna try to to like I, I have to learn to to live in that energy of amazingness because <laughs> I am such a fan of walk. And I used to apologize if I had clients call you know, sometimes, oh, I shouldn't pick up the phone. Now I just say, I'm on a walk. Let me know if um, the wind in my earphones is challenging or anything. And let's, let's do this. I'm, I like taking clients for walking meetings now. Uh, yeah. There's a different dynamic when you're talking to someone and walking as well. Yeah. Even if it's side by side or on the phone, I think there's different triggers than when you're formally at a computer or across a boardroom table. You yeah. get different thoughts, different reactions. It's very good. Here we go. So let's try that. The walking meeting with clients and see how it goes. Meeting. Grab a coffee and go. Take 45 minutes, get some steps and get some fresh air. It's amazing. Yeah. Anything else you wanted me to ask that I didn't ask that you want to add? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I think we, we covered my my formative years, uh, I was in business uh, for sales uh, for 22 years after being an interior designer. And this is my next, this is my next phase. This is version three of Jillian. So I'm excited. Yeah, I love that, you see, iteration of who we are becoming. Mm -hmm. That makes life very exciting, actually because we're going to be so excited when we die. Like all the I, things we've done. Well, and you know what? My big thing is I would like to help people get these things so that they're more confident in what they do. Um, is it's just, like you said, the butterflies are good, but knowing you've got these great aces in your sleeve is even more uh, comforting and more confidence building and changing and adding those abilities to your your folio of skills is huge. It's just huge. That was the words of the end. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And and so if you have questions for Gillian, also you can contact Gillian. I'm gonna put that right there. Um, if you jump on our newsletter, you have a webinar coming up this fall to help mm -hmm. people to network, right? So tell us more a little bit about that. If people want to join you, they should grab the email here, we'll put it in the description somewhere once the videos are optimized, but tell us more about the webinar. I'm gonna be putting on a webinar in September. Uh, I haven't set the date quite yet, so please uh, join my email, uh, my newsletter to say, or email me, and I'll put you on there and you'll be the first to hear. The number one request, um, not when I was talking to business owners, but again, my the group of people who I've been talking to and asking them, you know, what do you know and what don't you know? usually the number one thing was how do you talk to people like how do you go into a room and network and how do you think in terms of expanding for instance even talking about linkedin so that is part of my coursework in this case i'm doing a free webinar in september and going over here are your top things you need to consider for you as a person and also uh, discuss how critical your network is your network is um, when you're starting your career it's the most important thing you can build. And when you're at the pinnacle of your career, it's the most important thing you can build. Um, it's still always there. So it was the thing that intimidated people the most and like checking that comment box on a LinkedIn thing. So I'll be doing a free webinar on that. 
then my next coaching for individuals is starting in October. And that's okay. a group coach. So that's the lead in for seeing a little bit of what it's about and seeing if it's for you. Okay, awesome. Okay. And uh, so also I want, I should have told it before, but if you um, want to, if you don't know how to share your story, like what a lot of people tell me, I have nothing interesting to share. First, it is not true. And second, sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down five minutes a day and thinking about things. And that may sound not important to you, but they're so fundamental. So this is why around this video, in the podcast, wherever you are accessing our interview, there should be a link. Uh, it's called 10 Tips uh, for us, um, to Storytelling for Women Entrepreneur. And so basically, I give you props. And then it helps you bring back some memories. Because we have a busy life, right? It's sometimes hard to remember. But with some props, you know, like I start a sentence and or make you go back in the past and bring you back to key events that happened, stories you heard, people you met. And um, it will help you more than anything else to start collecting those stories. And I'm not saying just go live and share all the stories, not what it is about. It's really about using a little bit of this here and there, like salt and paper to illustrate your content marketing or your sales or your whatever you do on online when you promote your, your, your offers. So, or even when you talk, if you're a guest speaker, like you have the stories handy uh, to build your speech or something like that, because people relate to a grandmother, people relate mm -hmm. to the walk in the woods, people relate to the fact that she goes with her dogs, right? Those little, it's nothing, March, but just that brings that emotional connection, right? So true. So true. Uh, if you can do that, you're so far ahead. And it's a brilliant book, actually. I looked at it and you've nailed everything. It's perfect. So, yeah. So, we just want to hear from you. And if you want to be interviewed, reach out to me. I don't take everybody, um, but uh, I I'm very frank. I, I go through your stuff. We discuss. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're ready for it. So, just don't hesitate. Reach out, network. <laughs> or go and see Gillian and see how you can ask me <laughs> yeah <laughs> because sometimes it's the little things like that right that helps us to be more seen and heard and so thank you so much Gillian and uh, I'll keep those videos and that podcast and you hear back from me all of you and then leave your comments so that Gillian can come and comment if she if you have questions or reach out to her question. directly Thank okay. you very much for the opportunity. It was so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. So goodbye here on Instagram. I'm going to close here. I always get, um, I need to, sh to save it, save it, save it before it vanishes. And then thank you here at the podcast listeners and the video viewers. Uh, it's going to be also on my blog. If you would rather have a read, some people like to watch, some people like to read, some people like to listen. So there is everything for everybody. Okay. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to the Social Media Love Podcast from Angelique Benet. If you want to grow your product or service business with social media, visit socialmedialoveab.com.